0: Today on the show, we're hopping into our bathyspheres, injecting some plasmids, and battling big daddies, if you know what we mean. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind some of our favorite video games. I'm Caleb. I'm Leo and I'm Kevin and today we are talking about the wonderful glorious and classic Bioshock series
1: God it's so good. It's so I mean, beautiful. really, Can you get better than Bioshock?
0: I don't think so. So full disclosure I'm aware of most of the plot of Bioshock and I've played through significant parts of it. I've never actually played Bioshock end-to-end on my own Um, and so I've been going back through it for largely the first time recently and even like for a game that's as old as it is, like it's 10 years old at this point and it's aged so
1: well. They really knocked it out of the park with the visual effects, with the graphics. I mean, I've been watching some gameplay footage and you're absolutely right. It just looks
2: great. It looks great and like the whole entire plot and storyline just holds up completely. Like it will always be that one game where you're like, "Oh yeah, I know this one."
0: Yeah, there's nothing, nothing like setting up a bunch of melee bonuses and then running around with a monkey wrench, reminding splicers they could have had a V8. I
2: will never forget that wrench. That was that wrench is is a is a very special wrench. There are many like it, but this one is mine.
0: So, um, do you guys want to, um, explain it to me and possibly people in our audience as a relative? Newcomer um, give us a little bit of an expert explanation of like what the Bioshock series is.
1: Yeah, so Bioshock and listen We have a, a spoiler warning for all episodes of lore party, you know Listen to the episodes for which you've played the games but this one especially because this game will last in history for having a great plot really great twists really amazing endings so Take that as your, your last warning. There's going to be a lot of spoilers for Bioshock throughout this episode. Um, but Bioshock is, and it started this one game, a survival horror game with a heavy focus on plot. Solid gameplay, to be sure, uh, but undeniably its success and endurance in our hearts ties to the world of Rapture.
2: That was beautiful. That was a beautiful explanation.
0: Indefinitely, definitely, I 100% believe... Um, that like 50, 60 years from now, when video games are like more accepted into like the mainstream artistic canon and their their history is being studied similar to how novels and movies are studied today, that Bioshock is going to be one of the games that like reluctant, frustrated high schoolers are going to be required to write essays on.
2: I would 100% agree with that.
1: I was looking up the kind of legacy of or like the critical reception to Bioshock and multiple people. So like the London Review of Books recognized it as one of the first video games to break into coverage of mainstream media to be covered as a work of art. Um, even Vox wrote that Bioshock was the first game that demonstrated video games could be a work of art. So this game really broke a lot of molds. You know, it is it is a survival horror game. In a lot of ways, it looks like other games I played when I was a kid and in my teens and even now, especially now. but it, really stands alone. So uh, for those of you who have played Bioshock, I mentioned it already, but the world of Rapture. It is the setting of the entirety of the first game. It's an underwater city. So it's crazy, but we should talk a little bit about Rapture. Uh, Kevin, what do you remember about Rapture?
2: Well, first off, the architecture is absolutely stunning. It is all art deco, and personally, I love Art Deco. It is one of my favorite architecture styles. I love walking around Rockefeller Center and being like, oh, yeah. I'm actually getting married in a place that is Art Deco style. Like, both my fiancé and I. Wow, yeah, brag about both, it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both my fiancé and I chose this place. Like, we both were like, oh, my God. Like, I love the 90s Batman. I love that kind of stuff. So, the, the architecture was something that I thought was always like, ooh, yeah. That's, that's cool. Um, but the city, I mean it's just that it's an underwater city that is super pretty and lit up and it's a it's a gorgeous place but holy hell is it dangerous
1: and caleb you saw it for the first time yourself i mean i i I suspect you probably saw footage and and stuff like that but you descended in the bathysphere into sight of rapture as they're playing that pre-recorded message from andrew ryan welcoming everybody what were your thoughts kind of seeing it for the first time
0: like I said but even even the first time I played it like I had already known a lot about like what rapture was as a concept so I knew a little bit of what I was getting into but like looking at it and exploring it from the inside it's the difference between reading a plot summary of a book and seeing the book I chose something different I chose the impossible I chose rapture and then even more so even the way um splicers are introduced almost as soon as the city oh, itself is. Oh, my God. The way that first splicer is introduced and is, like, trying to cut into your thing, like... So good. Is it someone new? Who... It's a very good just um, opening demonstration of what the game, like, has in store for you, like, the tone that it wants you to set. Like, this is a place that is, like even even if not necessarily exciting at least interesting but like above all of it like you got to get out of here for the sake of your fucking life
1: <laughs> like it is worth mentioning so Rapture as mentioned is a city at the bottom of the ocean and it was built in 1946 in the art deco style and it was it was populated by a bunch of people from 46 to 52 but then it started going downhill. So, yeah, you arrive and you you are introduced to the splicers. And splicers are these people who have become addicted to a substance called atom, which you inject into yourself to get kind of powers and, and, uh, and superpowers. Uh, discovered from slugs. So, go figure. Slugs at the bottom of the oceans, the key to superpowers. <laughs> um, get yours today. My favorite, by the way, remains shooting swarms of bees from my arms. I mean, that's just... That's the best.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the thing about the game that I remember was, like, as soon as you get there, it's, it's, like, in your face right away. It's, like, oh, you in it now. Like, you here. You ready. Like, get, here you go. You got a wrench. That's it. And it's, like, oh, shit. <laughs> it, it was, it's very terrifying. And, and, like, the whole city itself has this, like, f- film noir feel. Um, like, I feel like if I watched, like, an old, like, you know, detective movie or something, like, that's, it kind of has that that kind of feel to it. And the whole thing about, like you said, like there's a whole plot already there and it's your job to survive and figure out what's been going on.
1: For as rich of lore as this game has, it's kind of funny how straightforward the plot is. It's like, Hey, welcome to Rapture. Don't die. Try your hardest not to die. Do whatever it takes to not die. And that's the plot. That's the entire the
0: plot The plot of survival horror. This is
2: horror. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, Absolutely. okay, then I have a I, I have a question. So, Caleb, seeing as you're just playing the game again, and you're kind of getting, you're just kind of jumping back into it, would you kindly, you know, tell us about how you feel about that first experience? It's, it's similar to what I was explaining before. Like
0: I said, the first the first thing you see when you get into rapture. Like, regardless of what your thought on Andrew Ryan's philosophy is when you first land, the first thing you see when you're actually in the city is a splicer killing someone and then trying to attack you. So, like, Rapture is introduced very quickly as regardless of what it was intended to be, it is now deadly. Get the fuck out. Atlas contacts you and promises you to be most likely your best bet on getting the fuck out. And that's ultimately what drives the plot. Now, I say that's what drives the plot. What ends up going on is it's, um, at least as far as I've played, it's a, it becomes an exploration of chapter by chapter... Different elements of what Andrew Ryan's philosophy of what Ayn Rand's philosophy ultimately leads to so it starts with you know the exploration of what would happen if this was applied to surgery and uh, um, Self-beautification a doctor who's obsessed with Perfecting the human form
2: She won't stay no. I want to make them
0: beautiful, but they always turn out wrong. That was too
1: Every profession is represented and they are all taking this, what if I didn't have morality to consider? What if I had this freedom to do what I want? And now I have this superpowered juice, the atom that I can use to splice people. It's also worth noting, the, the you've mentioned it, the logs that you're picking up, sort of chapter by chapter you're seeing these different things, and the whole time you're collecting these audio logs and the audio logs are sort of the mechanism that drives your optional exploration of the game I think, doesn't Elder Scrolls do this a lot too, where you'll, you have just like actual books worth of reading that you can do if you so decide
0: that actually brings up a really interesting point yeah Elder Scrolls has a lot of that has a lot of exploring it and that actually does lead to a really interesting comparison between them because Bioshock and Elder Scrolls are both stories that are far more about their location than they are about their characters or their plot in and of itself this is an exploration of a location. However, they take interestingly different approaches to it, and I think that's a big part of the reason why both of them have stuck around for so long, but it's a big part of the reason why Bioshock has stuck around in such a unique and specific way, the fact that while you're exploring Rapture, you're doing it somewhat linearly.
2: Something you said earlier, Caleb, kind of brings it all together. You said, oh, we're going by chapter by chapter with the story, and... That's really what it is. I mean, this—it feels like the way the plot moves along and the way that it's developed. It really feels like you're a novelization, and like you are—like I could read this as a book. A city where the artist would not fear the censor, where the scientist would not be bound by petty morality, where the great would not be constrained by the small. The sweat of your brow, Rapture can become your city as
1: well. One of the things that kind of stuck out to me when I first heard about Bioshock back in 2000, I think six is when I saw some of that early material and then seven when it came out, you as Jack are introduced to this world that is already in motion and the things that have happened before your arrival are kind of the plot of Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Atlas Shrugged tells the story of a man, and in this case it's Andrew Ryan, uh, who decides to remove himself from society because he's tired of the parasites and the sort of leechers, the people who don't really make anything themselves but collect a tax on all of the productive people's creations. This book, in a lot of ways, is a direct reference to so much. I mean, even Andrew Ryan, the, one of the first names you hear, is a, a partial anagram of Ayn Rand. And the first person you meet who has a name who talks to you is Atlas. So so I'll, uh, I'll kind of throw it off to you two, um, but I'll just say I looked up the wiki page of all of the cultural references and it's obnoxious. It's so long. It, it kind of blows me away how many things there were. Some that I missed, uh, some that I totally caught. But have any kind of jumped out to either of you as you were playing? Did you notice any? Did any kind of slap you across the face because they were so obvious?
2: One thing that I found was really interesting was all the biblical references, but Andrew Ryan's big statement, and like it's one of the biggest statements about rapture, is there are no gods here, only man. He deifies man,
1: yeah, and when you're going around rapture, you see no lack of idols, right? You see no lack of mm-hmm. giant sculptures dedicated to people or things. but you know you're you're right. I mean ultimately, the existence of rapture was to in a lot of ways celebrate the capabilities of man when the limitations of religion and ethics and morality were removed.
0: And that definitely like um. Shows us even more so. Not only do they build this giant, elaborate universe off of thousands of years of literary discussion and kind of follow up on these interesting philosophies and add a surprising amount of their own commentary to it, um, they also use it to kind of spearhead um, a larger world that we'll get into more in future episodes.
2: Yeah, it, it's very, it's definitely really. It makes you think it's like I feel like I'm sitting back in my like philosophy class in college.
1: I mean it's a work of art
2: When Picasso became bored of painting people he started representing
1: them as cubes and other abstract forms the world called him a genius
0: the, the discussion of different um, artists and different elements of art history in the um, doctor in the Steinman, chapters and Steinman's audio logs um, were always really interesting because he talks a lot about like what if I could create the perfect most beautiful um, person like I what if I could do with flesh what Picasso did with clay
1: yeah yeah absolutely or like I know Mozart's brought up a few times and even uh in the gatherer's garden they have uh that little advertising slogan has my My daddy's daddy's smarter smarter than than Einstein
2: Are you as good as my daddy, mister? Not if you don't visit the
1: It goes back to what you were saying earlier. We've got different chapters, different questions. What if these people were working free of these effects?
0: I think it's important to remember, though, that the thing that makes Bioshock great is, isn't just that it references these. Like, this isn't an Avengers Infinity War of philosophical history. This is a Continuation of the ideas. It, it doesn't just reference Ayn Rand, it adds to the conversation. It is commentary on Ayn Rand. It is commentary on the Bible. It is commentary on Greek mythology. It is commentary on how all of these different interesting
2: historical elements tie together.
1: Great point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For, for when I first really truly played it, I really liked Andrew Ryan's philosophy in terms of. Like, I liked that he was straight to the point, and he was like, look, there's too many problems in the way society was. It's called caused war. It's caused all these problems. I'm going to try my own. And I thought, whoa, now that's that's some ambition right there. This guy, wow, this guy's got some cojones. <laughs> but the, the big thing that stuck out with me was, like, you know, There's no gods here, only man kind of situation. That really hit me because when you walk around Rapture, you see not only all of these, like I said earlier, all of these references to all these ancient, you know, Greek and Roman gods and, and all that stuff. But like the whole thing about Adam deifies man in the sense of think, think about it like this in Rapture, you are, it's based on science and art. But then, you try Adam, and you, you, you use Adam, and you use Eve, right? Think of it like this. Rapture is the Garden of Eden, and when you try, use Adam and Eve, you've now deified man. You have now seen man as a false idol. Man becomes more. Man you know, gets these powers uh, that, that man was not made to have and it corrupts man and it makes it brings the fall of the city and to me that is just like the most he, once i realized that it was like pfft, mind blown this is an entire take on the beginning of man
1: and you bring up a good point that in a in a world with no gods the first man is the most sought after the most highly treasured the free source that when you get it you Hip hip hooray because now you get more power. You you ascend further because you have more of this first man juice. <laughs> first man <laughs> goo. You inject it right into you and then you're more of a man, or more yeah. more human. It's it's it really is kind of beautiful in that sense.
2: Hey, it's Abu, executive producer of Lore Party. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, maybe take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.